Hello and welcome to the Nearly Footballers podcast where a Manchester United fan and an Arsenal fan react to the action in the world of football. My name is Zuhum and I'm joined by Naeem Dayouj and we're going to be talking about Manchester United and Arsenal's failings over the weekend as well as have a look at the, uh, the other results in the Premier League. Naeem, how are you, man? What up, bro? Uh, are you well? I'm much better. After last night, but um, yeah, I'm still kind of hurting over Saturday's Manchester United uh, debacle against uh, Jamie Vardy mm. and Leicester City. Did Arsenal lose yesterday? No, 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 but they... You know who did they lose? They did though? deserve to lose. You know who did lose? In all honesty. You know who did lose? Though? At home to Crystal Palace. Um, yeah, you know so where, lose, where, where are we starting, bro, with the, with the podcast? I think we start with the biggest L. Okay, let's get it, bro. Which is the only L in this podcast, because we didn't take an L. <laughs> Simple as. You're chatting like we're the ones who took an L. Hold your L, bro. Yeah, I'm holding my L, but... Um, now, nah, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's get I'm the Arsenal it. one. I'm holding it. Let's, let's get the Arsenal one out of the way. Um, That's why you want to start on yesterday's game. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the most fresh, you know? Mm. I've already developed my ideas for United... I know exactly what I want to say. Mm. I know exactly what you want to say. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what United fans think. Yeah, and we'll get into that in a little bit. And the, the I've read I've read athletic article analysis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I've done quite a bit of research. You're prepped. I am. I am. She. Um, yesterday was one of the most frustrating nights under Mikel Arteta. Okay. One of one of the most um, deflating. Nights as well. We started off so well, right? Link up play. There was a right nice intensity, but football the football game is ninety minutes. It's not the first five. Mm, game me ninety. Game me ninety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, for some reason, I mean, yeah, okay, we scored a goal, right? It was a good goal, I guess. You know, good poacher's goal by Aubameyang. And after the goal. Aubameyang carried on pressing, carried on harrying, trying to lead the line by example. But it's like guys didn't pick up on that. And then from then on, between then and the second Crystal Palace goal, which came in the second half, right? They were on top of us. They kept the ball better. They chose the simple pass rather than the long ball or to try and clip it in behind. Whereas every single chance we had to recycle possession... We gave it back to them because we try and put Aubameyang through on goal and try and try and beat that Crystal Palace high line with an early pass. And it just kept failing again and again. Martin Odegaard had a poor game. Thomas Partey had a poor game, obviously, uh, giving the ball away in a very Jacques-esque way and uh, conceding a goal. Um, also, Lokonga gave away the ball. Lokonga gave gave away the ball, in a but Fred like way in a very Fred like way. But in my opinion, that was more of a foul than the party one. Um, and the thing is, it's fine if someone gives the ball away, right? In the positions that we okay, maybe not parties, right? But Lokongas, there was still some work to be done. I mean, they want it at the edge of their of their own half, right? But for example, parties, uh, sorry, Benteke's goal. Gabriel gave way too much space to Christian Benteke. You're a centre back. I get you're in no man's land. It's a 1v1. You're dead center in the, in the box. But you know this guy is right-footed. Show him down his weaker side. And even if you're going to show him down his 
a stronger side, be touch tight. You know what I mean? It was such an easy goal to score for him. I don't. I don't think Christian Benteke has had much, many harder uh, goals to score except for the tap-ins. But in the same way, Ben White's uh, Ben White's defending was not up to scratch um, when Odson Edward was bearing down on him in this in a very similar position to Christian Benteke's. He allows him way too much space, and then you know, considering Aaron Ramsdale's right behind him, like Odson Edward barely had to like shift the ball. To the right he just moved it like an inch to the right and then created enough space somehow and smacked it into the crossbar nothing iron ramsdale could have done there as well and it's just overall i feel like we brought these problems on you know onto ourselves because we you know when we play together right the onus is always to keep the ball right don't try too many risky passes Select your moments, right? Arsenal players didn't do that at all yesterday. And for all the criticism of uh, Arteta and how he loves to choreograph, uh, choreograph play, right? Mm. There was no choreography there. Mm. It was get the ball and oh, Aubameyang's made a run. Get it. You know, let's go score the second goal. It's like they almost wanted the second goal, then they could settle, which is not the way to play football. Mm. Remember, I mean... How many times has uh, Pep Guardiola said the the safest you are in a football game is when you're on the ball, right? The the opposition cannot do you any harm if they do not have the ball. And for me, it's not like Crystal Palace pressed us with immense synchrony. It wasn't like the best press you'd see on, on over over the weekend. It was pretty casual stuff but then what was even more frustrating right wasn't just the i mean i first of all i picked up on the on the fact that we weren't good at keeping the ball right what was even more frustrating was there was a lack of there was no willingness to win the ball back what we allowed them to just continue keeping the ball there was moments where we pressed them well but then and and we forced the error but then when we had the ball, uh, sorry, when we when they had the ball and they were camped in our half, it was almost like we needed them to make a mistake, make a mispass, you know, a bad touch before we could harry and try and win the ball back. And even when we did, nobody wanted to settle on it. It was like, come on, let's go get the second goal. Let's hurry up, hurry up. There was just this unnecessary rush to try and get that second goal. And it cost us at the end of the day. And... Adding on to the frustration is why couldn't Arteta react to that? 25th minute, we scored what? Within the first 10 minutes, I think? Yeah. So 25th minute, you've seen half the half go, go the way it has, right? Half of the first half. And you haven't changed anything about it. You haven't sent out instructions. You haven't called over Kieran Tierney, you know, or party in a water break when there's some injuries or, you know, the ball's gone out. Get get your leaders, get your get your men to relay information to your other t uh, to your other uh, players. No reaction, even in the first half. When even after the first half ended, like yeah, we started off kind of okay, you know, coming out of the blocks a little bit in the second half, but things just kind of went back to normal after that. So it was just it was so deflating because like where where is where is this um, will to to peg teams back to completely dominate uh, uh, a, a game 
You know, mm-hmm. Crystal Palace away, uh, at home. You should be doing that easy. I don't care how good P- Palace were. Yeah. So yeah, and and the thing is, like you you've noticed, I haven't I haven't talked about the red card, right? Because I don't want us to have this moment where, or have have this need for external factors, right? Mm. Um, to play into our the chances of our success. I want us to completely deserve a game to uh, completely deserve three points. I want us to play good football. I want us to completely peg teams back chance after chance after chance. Like, why did we have to leave it so late before we did that with Crystal Palace in the last 10 minutes? Yo, when is, you when you talk about the red card, you're talking about the, the, the tackle on the uh, Yeah, Saka. the potential red card. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'm just really frustrated. And I guess in a way, mm. it's okay. I'm I'm happier now, whereas last week I wasn't as happy that with the fact that we're playing Aston Villa so soon. You know, four days later, I believe. Yeah, on Friday now. It's actually it's Friday, Tuesday. Yeah, it's it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So it's three days later. Mm. So it's like I just want that game to come as soon as possible because sometimes that's the best that's the best uh, thing to happen for you is that you have a game so quickly to try and rectify it. But I mean, Arteta, seriously, I don't care. I don't really blame this on Arteta too much. Yeah. I blame it on the players more, but he also obviously shares some of the blame because he didn't he didn't offer a reaction. He didn't he didn't impose himself. He didn't impose his tactics whatever mm. they may be. So very frustrating. Bro, Aaron Ramsdale was a better forward passer than Martin Odegaard in that game. That says a lot about the uh, the state of the the passing. It's shoddy, man. So he should have definitely talked to the boys at halftime and told them to stop giving away the ball and stop trying that risky pass. Those risky passes, yeah, for sure. But he didn't. And we continued doing the same thing again and again. And the thing is, mm. even his substitutions, right? Um, he brought on Sambi Lokonga. I didn't think the midfield was an issue. I just felt like, I didn't, think, I didn't feel like the composition of midfielders was an issue. Yeah, It was just the the... But the the decision making that was an issue instead of recycling play and 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 you know not going for that risky pass that's not likely to work mm. you know we give the ball away and then in moments where you have the chance to go forward martin odegaard party they all go back and i don't know that whether that's um it's it's unclear to me whether that's arteta's instructions or maybe they just grew out of the game but I mean, come on! Even even the last ten minutes, right? Yeah. Patrick Vieira did a very Arsene Wenger like thing. He brought on a defender, right, to try and hold out the result, and it robbed him of control mm. of that game. Mm. If he kept him, if he kept an extra midfielder in or an extra striker like Hudson Edward, just could run uh, run us ragged uh, in the in the back line, I think they would have easily won the game and po- possibly even scored a third goal. So. Uh, obviously, I didn't. I didn't really watch the game yesterday. I just got the extended highlights today in the morning. Um, you mentioned about. Uh, you mentioned something about Ramsdale having more forward passes than Odegaard, and it just made me think that with this Arsenal team, it seems that that it seems something that's occurring occurring like more and more because. Uh, you've complained about Jaka having the same issue sideways passing and not um, playing the line splitting balls. So, are you guys not starting often? To, not often, yeah, yeah. Not, a, not often enough. Are you guys starting to think that 
it could be part of the instruction at times not to not to play that that dangerous ball and then maybe in the first half it was also part of the coach's instruction to try and find Aubameyang over that high line earlier i don't know because whatever the instructions were mm. they weren't executed correctly at all because the forward passing thing the forward passing thing you've mentioned this a couple of times on the show that a couple of times Bro, yeah. ever since we started, I've been talking about this thing. Your yeah, your your team doesn't Almost play week in, week out. forward passing balls enough. Yeah. So is that a coaching thing? Is that a is that it a system? Be. Is that is that how Arteta wants um, the Arsenal to play? Because I can draw parallels to when Van Hal was Manchester United manager. There would be op- there would be options and times when there is that opportunity to either to to do something off the cuff. To do something um, like beat your man or play that through ball, mm. yet it seems like the coach, the, the players were coached to make sure they play at least one or two, three passes before that dangerous pass. So, this is my question to to you and other Arsenal fans: Do you guys think that that is what Arteta has um, instilled in this team? I think it could be, for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. At the same time. You you can't help but look at Martin Odegaard. Even when he tried to make forward passes, the execution was wrong. Mm. So it's a bit of both, you know? It's a bit of like maybe the manager's instructions, but at the same time, it's also like bad execution. Yeah. And the thing is, like, it, this is not sustainable. This, this um, inconsistency, no matter how young this, this squad is, it's mm. not sustainable because where is... Where is that performance against Tottenham? Where is that passing performance against, uh, I don't know, Burnley? You know what I mean? Where you kept the ball so well in large parts of the game. It wasn't... I think Crystal Palace finished with more possession than we did. Yeah, no, they didn't. They didn't? That's odd. But the possession possession stats were quite close. Yeah, Um, what, 51-49? Yeah. And the touches on the the ball was also quite close. But you you guys obviously shaded it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that that flatters us. But at the end of the day, it's just, I'm I'm actually, I I was in a position where I saw that equalizer go in and I didn't even celebrate it. Because, like, Sao, you got a point, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's that's one positive. But that's like the only positive, you know? It's, it's not good enough. And if we have any hopes of getting into the Champions League, in the next two, three years, we need to see a consistent style of play. Yeah. Consistent style of play. So the guys know exactly what we're going to do, but still have problems s- defending it. And your best games this season have come in matches where the the ball moves quickly from Ramsdale to the defenders to the midfield to the attackers. Yep. Against Spurs, I saw that. On against the ground. Burnley, I saw on the that. Ground. Yeah, on the ground. Um this sideways passing thing, I don't think it really suits uh, what you guys are trying to do and the players you have. Um, I don't know. Yeah, man. So, 12th, it's, it's not like a real position. It's just you're three points away from yeah, I know. The, the top six. Not bothered by that. Um, and Villa on, on the on the cards next, which is traditionally not an easy game. I wouldn't say traditionally. Over the last two years, it hasn't been. Yeah, traditionally. That two years isn't tradition, bro. It's not. It's, but it, it's kind of it's kind of become tradition now. Listen, 
for teams to struggle against Villa. That's what yeah. I mean. Not not in particular Arsenal. Yeah. I'm just saying wolves. this new Villa. They're the new Wolves. Yeah. Um, what should I expect? You know, they did beat you guys at home. No, I mean, it is possible. We drew with them 1-1. No, you lost 1-0. We drew 1-1. You you drew with Everton. Oh, we lost 1-0 to Villa. Yeah, Bruno Fernandes pen. Oh, yeah, we lost. Fuck's sake, bro. That's how Get much pain I am in nowadays. I just, like... You try and lie to yourself. It's just become... Just, oh, ugh. <laughs> I don't even know what to <laughs> say. You, we drew... Fuck off, bro. <laughs> Yo, like, the thing is, mm. we're playing Villa, and Villa are more than capable of dominating us more efficiently than Crystal Palace. And countering as well. At the same time, <clears throat> they also uncharacteristically lost that weird game against Wolves in the in the Birmingham in the Midlands derby uh over over the weekend you know 3-2 they lost to Wolves and i think Wolves' first goal to start the comeback came in the 80th minute yeah so i i know there were two deflect, deflected goals you know this this shit kind of kind of happens right but honestly i wouldn't mind let me tell you. Let me tell you this right now, right? I wouldn't mind us losing, okay? Mm. If it means that we lost in in a valiant way, like the performance was much better. It's like a step back to t- try and take two steps forward for me. So, yeah, now Bukayo Saka might be injured. That guy should have been sent off. I mean, let's let's just be honest. Name that, that's true. I've seen, I remember Rooney once kicking a guy like that in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, was that not not a sending off? No, it was definitely sending off, man. Down the calf muscle, we can. Eh, that's a dangerous tackle, bro. I what? didn't even I didn't even see it. I just saw screenshots of it, and it just looks it looked really dangerous. The thing is, that and guy, he's out injured now. So yeah, the thing is, this guy pretended that. You know, he was going for the volley. Andy Townsend and Martin Tyler were like, well, I mean, he has he has every right to go for that ball, doesn't he? I'm like, what ball? The, the whistle had been blown. Mm. Everybody stopped reacting. And by the time, by the time Saka's already cleared the ball, this guy knows exactly where Saka is. He's just frustrated. And he took it out on some kid. And I think he was probably trying to um, just make sure you guys don't have one of the best attackers on the field, so... Ridiculous. There's a lot of hidden things that go into tackles like that, especially after the whistle is gone, um, which also makes it a bit of a grey area because the game is not actually in play at the moment. So, uh, on MacArthur's side, sinister tackle, and I think that needs maybe some retrospective action. Yeah, it has to be reviewed. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be reviewed. It has to be. It's it's actually fucking ridiculous. I was so pissed off because when I was watching the analysis at halftime, they uh, when the, when the lads came back in, I think it was um, one of their former strikers and uh, and Ian Wright mm. and the the main presenter and Ian Wright was completely adamant this was a red card and so did I mean the Burnley guy as well. He was just like, yeah, we can't can't really defend that. Oh, That's, the Palace, the Palace guy. Sorry. Uh, I think it might be a Burnley. It's Palace, huh? Okay, yeah. Uh, the Palace... Uh, striker. Striker, yeah. What's his name? Charlie something, huh? Anyway, um, he, he he was also like, yeah, you can't defend that. That's That's got to be a sending off. And then the, <laughs> the VAR guys come in 
right? Mm. That that bald-headed guy. McDermott, the piece of shit, man. The referee, um, the referee fuck guy. Fuck that guy, man. Uh, Him and his friends. Um <laughs> They, they said that's a high-end yellow card. What is a high-end yellow card, explain bro? Explain that. Someone explain that, that to that me, mean, bro. man. High-end, like an expensive yellow. I'm like, what's that? I. What the fuck is a high-end yellow card? That's the first time in all my years of watching football that I've ever heard of something like that. A high-end yellow card is a red card. No? I think there was once... Or is it an orange card? Yeah, like, like remember Arsene Wenger used to call it, uh, used to say that that's probably an orange or something, or referees told him that's an orange card. Nah, the guy clearly had no... And the thing is, why not review it? Mm. Why, why not review it? Seriously, why not? But uh, the, the reason why I think it wasn't reviewed was because the whistle had gone. And there's so many inconsistencies in refereeing on, once the whistle is blown, like, I've, I can remember a few challenges that have happened on United players after the ball has gone and the whistle has been blown. Yet it's not like, it's like a gray area when it comes to officiating. So so now, like, you're essentially saying, I can assault a guy because the whistle is gone, right? It, sh- it shouldn't be that way, but it seems to confuse referees on what decision should come after the whistle has gone. Now, there's an inconsistency with Mike Dean for a long time. MacArthur had fouled Emil Smith-Rowe, mm. right? Same match. Moments before, um, taking him down in a very similar way that he was taken down by Bukayo Saka, right? Mm. Wasn't given a yellow card. We were on the counter, and so were they when Bukayo Saka fouled MacArthur. Bukayo Saka's black, though, so yellow card. I don't know uh, if, if that um, racial... Listen, really I've seen this. I've play. seen this. I've seen this too many times, bro. Because white players, listen. No, let me, no, no, let me explain in, myself. Uh, let me explain myself. Go. White players, white players get away with three, four, five fouls. Once a black player makes a yellow, uh, makes a challenge, and it it is indeed a yellow card challenge. Mm. He's booked immediately, right? But they have no forgiveness. That's something I completely believe in, and I choose to. That's my my hill to die on. I've noticed this since. I ever started watching Premier League 2006. It's always been the case. And the Herrera, Jorginho, seen them multiple times get away with such fouls. Jorginho. Jorginho is white. Yeah, yeah, but. And Herrera against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, and Herrera, United. Which one? Which many tackle, games. Bro? Many games. Come on. Against bro. Arsenal. <laughs> okay. against, against Arsenal. Against other, uh, against other teams. He gets away with three, four yeah. fouls. <laughs> and they're those niggly <laughs> fouls, right? The only. But, the only um, like real life example I have that um, happened most recently is the Kevin De Bruyne tackle in the PSG game, and he got a yellow card, and it was almost the same, if not more severe, a tackle than uh, what Wan Bissaka did against Young Boys. It was the same for me. And Wan Bissaka got a red card and got further punishment, meaning he missed the next match against Villarreal. No, he was actually given a two-game ban two, yeah. when it was supposed to be a one-game ban. And De Bruyne got off with a yellow card. So, um, listen, yeah. man. <laughs> but I don't but, understand why why people keep because no, I no. tweeted about this and guys guys actually, you know they they responded saying ah you want to play the racial card. I'm like, hi Asawa, but I see it. This this is how I see it. It is what it is. So uh, I did a little bit of digging, um, just in regards to your tweet about uh, the yellow cards and tackles and and stuff. 
but I only checked for this season. And right now, in the yellow cards, the charts, yeah, um, there is two black players with the most yellow cards, but they're obviously on the same number of yellow cards as a white player. So Paul Pogba with four yellow cards, Emmanuel Dennis for Watford with four yellow cards. And the hell is Emmanuel Dennis? Dennis, man. Two, he's some Nigerian player for Watford. And then Oliver Skip with four yellow cards for Spurs. So mm, that's a really small sample size. It's you a, can't just look at just one season. No, I was just I was I looking at rather, this season in, in particular. I think I think that's not a bad way to look at it, but yeah. include an average of like the last ten seasons. Last ten seasons. Yeah, should be easy to see. You literally just click twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Note it down. Or maybe two t- two seasons. Maybe I no do, ten seasons. You're gonna do ten seasons. Ten seasons. I'm not saying you do it right now, bro. This is for later. Yes, yeah, for later. You but can like, do that later. That's your sample size. That's yeah. Ten years is a much better sample size than two years. All right, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get into that we'll later. Get into anyway, that agenda. A later. point. A point taken. And yeah, boys showed character and any bullshit. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Manchester United. Uh, what yeah, the fuck Manchester is going United, on there, bro? bro? Start your essay, bro. In less, in no, in no less than a thousand, a thousand words. Twenty marks. Explain. Yeah, please. Um, I really enjoyed that game, by the way. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. I enjoyed it until uh, until um, after the Rashford goal, mm. and then I stopped enjoying it. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I watched the game on Saturday. Uh, I really haven't read any articles afterwards or watched any. Um, breakdowns or analysis interviews because I just need a bit of a detox right now um, but uh, what can I say bro it's just more of the same of what we've been seeing this season we've, just, we've been seeing um, really poor build up play really poor possession play really poor defending um a lack of, I don't want to say tactical awareness, but yeah, a lack of tactical awareness from the coaches, a lack of um, understanding of what 11 to put out, um, shoehorning of certain players into positions. Um, also, I'm not seeing any merito- merit- merit- meritocracy when it comes to squad selection. Um it doesn't look good right now for OGS, in all honesty. Uh, and I have been on here and I have defended him, but more and more as I watch, it's getting just—it's getting to the point where it's like harder and harder to understand what he wants to do, what he wants his team to look like, how he wants us to play. Uh, and I don't want to say it hurts because I don't, I don't feel like we're in crisis or anything. I just feel like he has the next maybe five or six games to to turn it around. Otherwise, the stature of the club, the signings we've made, the position we finished last season dictate that this season he has to get it right. We have to play better. We have to dominate games and we have to win a trophy. 
And um, I'm saying the next five games are going to be telling because um, those are the when we have the important Champions League group games, and then that's when we have uh, one of our toughest runs in the Premier League, where we play Liverpool, Man City, Man City Chelsea, and Arsenal. I think there's Spurs there, and Spurs. Yeah, not Chelsea, Spurs. Spurs yeah, and also we have some crucial games against Atalanta. Uh, sprinkled mm. in between and Atalanta uh, boys and girls everyone who's listening it's not the easiest game bro they haven't lost a match since March of last year and their last game in the league they won 4-1 against Empoli which is also not a very Empoli is not a small team so um, they are they are a good squad they did really well last season in the Champions League as well Ahmad that's where Ahmad came from uh, Diallo yeah, yeah, from Atalanta yeah you're right um, so it's not looking good and uh, the also the other scary part is the game is at OT so he can't come and play on the counter like he knows how to he has to come and actually play like. football and dominate that match Atalanta is like uh, the Leicester City of the Champions League mm, I would say it's the Leicester City of the Syria of yeah, Syria the Champions League yeah. They sumbua guys. They sumbua guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay. Well, uh, let, let's get into uh, the, the game. Smart. Let's mm. get into the game because, <clears throat> boy, oh boy. I mean, you boy, guys, oh boy, is, is my god. I mean, you have you seen the screenshots and like the small the clips? No, no, no. Oh. Okay, so I haven't really looked at any analysis, but I have been scrolling through my timeline, and on my timeline, there have been screenshots of. Manchester United in possession and out of possession, and the press, the lack of, um, yeah, and just the shape of the team. Even when we're going forward, is weird, bro. It looks like a four-two-four when you and you have Matic and Pogba isolated in the middle, and those are not the most um, mobile of, of of midfielders to have. Um, so it is, it is worrying. Um, I just want to hear what you have to say now. I think it, it looks like an island of players, not one group of players. Mm. In possession, <clears throat> players seem isolated. Sancho is isolated. Luke Shaw doesn't make any forward runs. I, I, I don't remember the last Luke Shaw overlap yeah. to the touchline. Yeah. I don't remember the last one. I've seen Aaron Juan Bisaka do more overlaps. Not successfully, Aaron, but I've seen, I've seen him overlap. Aaron Bissaka actually has been going forward quite well, I think. Yeah, he's so improved. that's what I'm saying. He's it's improved. like, if Aaron Bissaka is doing that, why isn't Luke Shaw? Yeah. And so offensively, players are isolated. Defensively, players are isolated. And in midfield, players seem isolated. Pogba and Matic are supposed to be holding it down with Bruno, but they seem like three different cogs in a in in different machines rather than yeah. a sum of all parts so it's like this wasn't necessarily the case we we knew that united scored goals based on individual link up and you know almost random almost random patterns of play right and now they even look more they couldn't look for farther apart mm. in any in like in all departments in midfield not only are pogba far apart right but even in terms of even when they're on the ball 
they still look like they're working with either like two different sides of the pitch. It, it looks like Pogba wants to work with the left-hand side and Matic with the right. And when you're off it, obviously, it was so... I mean, those were good passes from you know, James Madison and, and Yuri Tielemann, right? Mm-hmm. They were good passes to, uh, you know, bypass the, that midfield too, but it was a bit too easy. And once they did, it was a back four versus Leicester City now. Yeah. It, it, it was unfair on Varane and Maguire and... Um, uh, Lindelof and Maguire. Sorry, uh, uh, Lindelof and Maguire. It was unfair. David De Gea did all he could to keep you guys out of it. Uh, in it. Keep you guys in it. And, and he's been doing that the whole season, bro. Yeah. And then another thing is the set pieces. Like, the set pieces, I don't think you need to be the fittest or the readiest to, like, stay concentrated on a set piece. But Aaron Wan-Bissaka and Maguire both lost the same man for the fourth goal. I mean, I think the game had already been done and dusted. So I, then, yeah. yeah I, I think maybe they switched off because they completely felt deflated after that. But, you know, Kaglar Soyuncu as well got that goal. Um, Maguire was asleep. Maguire was asleep. And how Ayose Perez still managed to find Jamie Vardy in the box that free. 14 seconds after we scored. 14 seconds. There's a video I watched where there was a countdown. Some guy was counting down. Just counting one, two, three, four. Until like 14 seconds. And then that's when they scored. After the Rashford goal. It's... It's not good reading, man, for OGS and his squad. And for a while now, a lot of people have been noticing this the lack of um, cohesion and just uh, unity in, 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 in the squad. And when I say unity, I don't mean like they don't like each other. They just don't play as a unit. They're not on the same wavelength you at know? all. And this is also part of the reason why Sancho is having such a hard time. Yeah, Every time he receives the ball, because everyone sure. knows he's such a good dribbler on the ball, he's covered by three players. And I actually thought the first 35, 40 minutes, he was one of our best attackers. And that's the thing. He is one of the best dribblers in that pitch. No, no. On that pitch. He was one of our best attackers in I that game. That's what I'm saying. That should be an asset. The fact that someone can drag three players onto him and, and, and occupy was, yeah, him. Yeah, and occupy him. If there's no movement, what is it, what else is he going to do? He's going to be covered. And this guy is coming from Dortmund, who, whenever they attack, bro, I don't know if you've ever seen... Um, yeah, they flood you. Highlights of Hakimi and Sancho mm-hmm. on one wing or um, Sancho and uh, Guerrero on the other wing. There's always options. There's an overlap and an underlap for Sancho. There's someone coming in. There's someone going far. I mean... And in stark contrast, every time I've seen him, most of the time I've seen him on the ball at United, mm. he's alone. He's not going to do anything, bro. And he's come to a league where it's obviously more physical. Everyone is as fast as you are. Everyone is as tricky as you are. For him to shine, OGS needs to create situations on the pitch, just the same way Manchester City do with Mares and when Sané was playing. You create situations for your wingers where they can be one-on-one, and, and they can force guys and, into errors. And force guys into yeah, errors. Yeah. And, and, and they're able to show us what they're good at. Yeah, fair enough. You know who else isn't uh, doing anything right now? Cristiano Ronaldo, bro. Let me, just, yeah. let me just get this off my chest. So, I'm not blaming Cristiano in any way or form. I just think um, OGS six weeks ago, before the Manchester City uh, saga with with Ronaldo, mm. 
was prepared to go into the season with the attacking options of Rashford, Greenwood, Cavani and Sancho and Martial and Martial maybe periphery <clears throat> but those players that I've mentioned last season were very good on the press all of them all of them yeah. and now that he has Ronaldo you cannot not play Ronaldo you know you know what i mean yeah yeah because so, he bangs goals because he bangs goals and right now i think OGS is in a situation where he has no new system that allows Ronaldo to be in the squad with his low pressing numbers and at the same time I don't think those are a fair reflection on what Ronaldo can actually do cuz if you do cuz I I don't feel like he doesn't have the physicality to press he can press and what people also need to understand is when we talk about a press a press is not one player pressing so all these stats you're seeing of Ronaldo having the least pressing percentages shocking. is shocking but doesn't apply because what we're talking about when it comes to united is not pressing as individuals is pressing as a unit as a unit yeah After the first press there has to be another press um an under press like so if the forward line of press the midfielders have to press and the, the defense has to press up Who's your press leader? <clears throat> Our press leader in previous seasons has been Rashford. Um I remember one of our press leaders before Rashford was Bruno in the number 10 and um <clears throat> Pogba actually has quite high pressing numbers if you look at it. It's the, the unit bro. The, the leader. The, the, it's the unit. The instigate the press. Yeah, it's the unit that's not pressing properly. That's the thing. You the see, screenshots like, that I saw, there's a huge chasm between our defensive line, the midfield line, and then there's another huge chasm between midfield. Chasm is a space between midfield and the forward line. Mm. Something has to give, bro. So, I don't know what's going to happen. Um That's literally what OGS had uh, said. Yeah, and that's what Pogba said as well. I don't know what's going to happen because we are not in the situation where like Arsenal, we have 4-5 days of training in between matches. We have back-to-back games. You're literally training today and, and yesterday. And tomorrow we have no, today we have a Champions League game against Atalanta. It's today. It's today we played oh, on Saturday, shit. bro. So that means no training, yeah. Yeah, no, we basically sunday monday Trade monday that's it uh monday light training shooting drills you know passing drills yep, 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 yep. game day tomorrow so we don't really have that amount of time to come up with a setup come up with a system that works for this team and i've been seeing these highlights of uh monday night football what jamie carragher was saying you know, saying that uh we're not going to win anything um, premier league you know, champions league fa cup with OGS because he's not at the caliber of Tuchel, Klopp and Pep. Mm. So true. Like um it has been true for a while. But then as a United fan, you have that hope that OGS is one of your own. He gets what 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 the team is about. Is going to eventually get to that level. But he seems to be struggling because he got us from point D. We were point D, bro. And I think a lot of people forget where this United team was before OGS. He's made us challengers again. He's made us attractive for all kinds of players to come to. But now what he needs to do is get us from point B to point A, where Liverpool and Chelsea and Manchester City are. And, uh, hey, bro, I don't know, man. To be honest, I don't know. I don't... 
I've never been on this podcast and actually said that um I want another manager. But after these five games when we record, I will let you know how I feel because right now I'm looking at different analysis of um Zidane's management of Ant- Antonio Conte's management and just the seeing what you like just seeing yeah I, i kind of like what i'm seeing with those other two options compared to what we have right now But because man, we had a discussion team, about Zidane's management and this, you, you said he he doesn't fit the premier league i don't think he this i don't think someone, he can i don't think he can do won. much worse than what ogs is doing right now he will he will do much better i guarantee it because this is a manager mm. just in terms of achievements i get it he had a star-studded team right but so does ogs right now He had a star-studded team and they played the way he wanted. Yeah. You know? They won a La Liga. They won the Super uh, the Super Copa or whatever it's called. Mm. They won three Champions Leagues back, back to back. back. Like that's bro. not something that's not that that's like hey, I don't know. I don't know that it gets better than that, man. It doesn't it, get much better than that. No, it does. It can't get it can't get better. Three Champions Leagues in a row. Like Klopp and Pep Guardiola would be licking their lips I mean, if they yeah, won three Champions yeah, Leagues in a yeah. row. You know what I mean? So, um anyway, and then we'll, um, we'll get into the managerial stuff like just to add on to that. Even from my point of view, mm. I'm thinking, remember I said December yeah, for Arteta, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He needs to instill a style. Yeah. For me it's not necessarily like challenging or it's I just need to see a style because I understand these are young players, they need to grow. Mm. But at the same time today today I, re- I read a tweet and it was like the, the the guy called Tim Payton is a sports writer. He said I think he's an Arsenal sports writer specifically. He said, "Yeah, well, you know, guys have to take this result with a pinch of salt because of course we didn't play well, but we did get a point and at the end of the day, guys forget that this is still well and truly a manager that's learning on the job." Yeah. You know, and and the thing <coughs> is maybe guys will have less patience because it's been two years now, I guess, close to two years. Actually, But and he's been a coach before yeah. he's been assistant coach so it's but still i mean once you're that man you get what i mean it's different. i just i just feel like um i just feel like arsenal need to get it right soon sooner than later yeah yeah for sure i Because completely agree everyone else is just everyone else is 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 improving everyone else is excelling look at west ham look at look at look at everton even everton right now Yeah, are good. so good. Yeah, and Arsenal can't be twelfth, man. It doesn't matter. No, for me, no. I'm just saying it's a false position, right? Yeah, yeah it is. But at the end of the day, coming December, you guys can't be the same position. You can't be trying to get into the top ten. Yeah, we can't be anywhere <coughs> between seventh and tenth again. You can't. Yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> just just to close up on OGS. Uh, I'm also starting to see some things that I don't like. Uh, I'm starting to see favoritism. Mm-hmm. Maguire should have not been anywhere near that pitch on on Saturday. Why isn't Eric Bailey playing? More than capable. The one game he played against West Ham in Carling Cup, he played really well against with Lindelof. Mm-hmm. But you why? Lost. Yeah, we lost. But like, why not play him? People say he's good with the youth. The only youth product that I'm really seeing getting constant game time is Mason Greenwood because that's he's a generational talent. He has to play. Yeah. We have Van de Beek rotting on the bench and you have Fabrizio Romano saying uh, giving comments like the reason he feels that OGS is not playing Van de Beek is because OGS wants to win to 
prove that he can win without Van de Beek. Ridiculous. Oh, we. Oui. That means there might be like That's a personal vendetta. Yeah, a personal vendetta with Van de Beek. And honestly, if you look at the midfield right now, why isn't he even getting 10 minutes, bro? At least as a sub. Yeah. Why? Why is man I'm just, I'm so pissed especially I when it comes to that Van happening to Van de Beek. When it comes to that Van de Beek topic, bro, I'm I'm so mad. Like there's been so many times I've just wanted to tweet directly at Manchester United and ask like why the fuck are they not why isn't he even getting a chance? Bro, I get pissed off at um, the issue because I would love Van de Beek at Arsenal. I would, anyone would take I Van would de Beek. Pay bro. Even Liverpool How much right you guys now. How much pay 40 million? And it was such a good transfer. I, I feel like if Arsenal paid an extra 45, like mm. an extra 5 million yeah. to make it 45, yeah. I'd be okay with that. Because honestly, I think he, he gets into... Um, he goes, if he goes he to Liverpool... He gets Arsenal's midfield. Yeah, he does, 100%. That's, yeah. that's easy. If he goes to Liverpool, he can even play there. Bro, he can play at Liverpool yeah, because sure. right now their midfield options... Apart from the first, tell me it's Curtis Jones and Thiago. Come on, I mean, come on, man. So, uh, man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. He at can that get point. into Chelsea's midfield. What are you saying, bro? Yeah, he can. Kovacic, he can get into. Over Jorginho, even. You play Kante. You play Kante. Van him, de Beek. Oof, that's a decent. Oh my god, field. that's a good team, man. Shit. Um, <coughs> okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, can we talk about Liverpool? I, I want to talk about Liverpool. Yeah, let's get it, man. Holy shit, man. Mo Salah. Holy fuckball shit. They're coming to play us on the weekend. <laughs> Mane was clinical. Mane looks on form again. Mane was clinical. You saw that assist from Salah. You know, I was actually chatting to, I was chatting to some guys on Twitter and mm. I hate this, but at the, they, they told me Mo Salah is just a running behind and dribble from the left, from the, from the right side merchant. That's all he does. What, what, what else? No, wait, no. You know, this is the thing with Twitter, bro. <laughs> you were conversing with people who've never touched a ball in their life, man. Life. Who've life. never even played a game of football in their life. Yeah, they want to give us opinions, bro. So shit. What is he supposed to do as a winger? What else is he supposed to do? Run in behind, exactly. dribble, like and score. Bro, most of Liverpool's attacks come from that right-hand side. And there's a reason, because Van Dijk switches it to him. And that's how many no, times no, no, they no, scored from that. Why, why are they demeaning that? I don't know. I don't even know. Like, why? It's as if it's a bad thing. And even then, it's, it's ignoring the amounts of goals that he scored, just like the one he scored against Watford, just like the one he scored against Man City. He scored, count, he scored one against, like, against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. What's the issue? What do you? What else do you want him to do? What do you want? Like he's scored <laughs> bangers from outside the box. He scored tappings. He scored tappings. Penalties. penalties. He scored reactive goals where, like, for, you know, Ronaldo would have been proud of that. Yeah. You know, guys like Vardy would have been proud of that. He scores goals. He's the fastest one to 100 Premier League goals. Like, what do you want? And you saw that outside the foot pass. That's not the first time he's done something like that. His holdup play is also really good. Fantastic. You can play it he's, to him in the air on to his feet. He's a monster. Auto a dude ball. He is a monster. Auto a dude ball, man. But, bro, on on the flip side, devil's advocate, Africa Cup of Nations is coming. Yeah, yeah. It's looming large. 
on the it horizon. Is, it is, it is, man. Bro, and I just don't see Harvey Elliott and these man. Yeah, the thing bro. is, when you go, when you go, when you go, and like Harvey Elliott, Harvey Elliott, Muskini, you know, but like, nah, he's gonna be back by then. But I don't see them. I doing don't these think teams, so. I don't man. think so. I don't think he'll be back. But but for real, like I don't, I agree. Like the impact Mo Salah and Mane have. Difficult. So I difficult I just see. I don't know. But the thing is, you know, they only missed three games. Maybe an extra. Maybe an extra. This is assuming there's no injuries. Yeah, but then they're coming to like red listed countries, which has that COVID thing. Ten days. So obviously, it's, it's about a month, month of football. A month of football. Mm. He's not going to be a top form. And then they Egypt might go far. I might assume. I actually assume Egypt might go to like semis quarters. Yeah, he comes back knackered. They might. They will. He'll come back knackered, and and he's gonna be their and, playmaker. Like he's gonna be their it. main man. Yeah, yeah. Every ball's gonna go to him, bro. Trust me. Mo yeah, Salah's yeah. in your team. Party a ball. Yeah. Trust me, bro. These guys are coming back. Not the same. Mm. Give them at least a month to get back on form. Where does that leave Liverpool, in your opinion? I was actually listening to the overlap. Mm. With uh, Jamie Carragher and them. Oh, finally, Bryce. I'm on who put you on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually shout me out, man. Uh, fair enough. Name. Shout out to you, Maji. Um, you know, he Jamie Carragher said the same thing. He was like, I, "I just feel like Liverpool are, and I agree with this, are a good attacker short. That's mm-hmm. what they are. They're just one good attacker short. Someone who can come in with the same impact of Firmino, Jota." You know, mm. and the other two monsters, um, but yeah, I mean, I, the thing is, like, even defensively, I think they have good cover. Simikas looks like a good buy. Yeah, he looks like a very good backup option. He's very young. Um, James Milner played well in midfield. To be fair, <laughs> that was a great assist. Um, He's an older man, though. He is. He is. But still, like, I I just felt like Liverpool were in complete control that game, and they're gonna have a number of those games. Against like Burnley and these men, mm. they're gonna be in complete control, man. They they don't have issues, they don't have issues. Like you can't trouble them physically, you know that. You know we had the opportunity to get Jurgen Klopp, but these guys went for David Moyes, man. <laughs> because Alex Ferguson said the chosen one. Ah, uh, you know we, we 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 had. Um, Ferguson had a meeting um, in I Scottish think a year before he retired mm. with Pep. Ah, yeah, yeah. So he looked at Jurgen Klopp and Pep, mm. and he said, "No, no, no, no. Pep, 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 obviously had already oh, okay. been groomed for Man City, mm. and they had already started that process of getting Chiki Chiburga, Chiki who, Chikiraga, Bagastian." Bastian. The, 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 the and City director. Yeah, director of football. They already they already started setting that up. But so they hired the the Bar- the former Barcelona guy. But I'm in pain, man. Yeah, Poly man. I'm in pain, bro. Anyway, um, did you see the combined 11s for? Because we have Manchester United versus Liverpool this weekend. Did you see the combined 11s, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher? No, I, I didn't get to that part. I just want to say unequivocally right now. Uh. Gary Neville, I don't know who that is, man. <laughs> what happened? I what was rate, he saying? I, I don't, didn't watch I don't it. You have to tell him, us. Man. You have no to tell more, us. Bro. There's an audience. So they were doing their combined 11s. Um, but before I get to that, Gary Neville on a whole Monday Night Football said, if Manchester United win Europa League and the FA Cup and um, finish in the top four, that's a successful season. 
he said that with Ronaldo Sancho Varane Pogba Mason Greenwood oh Mason Greenwood is in form though Mason Greenwood he said us exiting Champions League winning Europa oh that's what he meant, what yeah, he meant. oh yeah cuz he said Europa and then winning FA Cup What? is a successful season and then he went on to make a of uh, um a combined 11 Obviously let me just let me just get it for you. As you get it, remember he also tried to sell us right mm. that uh, Ronaldo is a better goal scorer than Messi. Remember that? No, but that one at least that one at least. No, 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 no wait, 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 right bro. No, wait, that one at least you could give it, you could give him a bit of leeway cuz the numbers are very similar, you know. The numbers are not that too vast. But this guy Messi had Let me all show Messi you. had to do was score like 60 goals in over 100 games. So, this wait, is Wait, wait, wait. Uh. You're telling Gary Neville was a former footballer. He understands the need to have played Barely, a similar man. amount of games, right? And this guy decided that despite Ronaldo playing so many more it, but okay, in that in that case it wasn't like so many more, bro. It was. It was nah, over 100. No, 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 no. Just over 100. Leave, leave that comparison. All right, leave fine, that comparison. Fine, I'll leave it then. Because some of those numbers are marginal. So the combined 11. I'm going to read you Gary Neville's. <laughs> so, I'm let me read them both. You tell me which one is Gary Neville's. Right, let's fine. do that fun activity. Right, you haven't seen them, right? No, I haven't seen them. Okay, I, I so didn't watch that part. This is the first, the first combined 11. Alisson in goal. Trent, right back. Matip, Van Dijk, Robertson. So the whole backline is Liverpool. Alisson in goal. Mm-hmm. Trent. Trent. Matip, Van Dijk, Robertson. Okay. Midfield Henderson, Fabinho. Attack. Uh, okay, this is now also midfield. Salah, Fernandez, Mane. So Fernandez number 10. Salah Mane either wing and then uh there's a striker, put Greenwood. Oh, second 11. Did you you've gotten the first 11? Yeah. All right, second 11. Allison, Trent, Maguire, Van Dijk, Robertson, Henderson, Fabinho, Salah, Firmino, Mane, and then Ronaldo up top. Guess who's is who's between Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville? Gary Neville is the one with Mason Greenwood up top. No. Really? That's Jamie Carragher. Really? Yeah. He has a point, bro. I'm actually looking at it right now. Actually wait. And I so you're right. Gary Neville he, Gary Neville said he'd choose Maguire over Matip. Maguire over anybody else. Maguire over playing with 10 men. I'll play with 10 men instead of Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's top drawer, man. Maguire, I think honestly, without white privilege, without British passport privilege, without English captain privilege, has been the worst defender this season. Name for me a worse defender than Maguire right now. What individual performances? Have you seen that compilation video of his missed passes, missed tackles, and just awesome Maguire shit? Yeah, it was, it was actually just so much fun to watch. Um, what I loved was the cockiness. You know what I mean? What do you mean, man? The cockiness when that pass was given to him by David de Gea. The cockiness to 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 scan to look and go like, scan. nah, I have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> and then try beat I his have enough time. try beat the pressing player. Oh yeah, yeah. It was top drawer, man. I th- I found that shit hilarious. And you know the thing is even when that happened, I wasn't even like I wasn't affected. I've become used to it. 
It's either Maguire is going to do yo, that or Fred is going to do that. I've become used to it. But yo, Yuri Tillman's goal. Fluke. Don't be Nah, angry. bro. Just be real, man. Even the way he shaped he up. Crossing he it, was bro. crossing it to the back post, man. He, he was it. definitely crossing it, He man. celebrated it like a, like he meant it. Yes, bro. Manchester United Jamie obviously Vardy's have to goal. celebrate. But on a, more, on a more interesting note, mm. fantastic goal, but Jamie yeah. Barney. Yeah, fuck's sake. How about Greenwood's goal, bro? <sighs> and the thing is, he and shaped up like twice. Yeah. <laughs> and Rashi? Oh, Rashford's goal was dope. Lindelof's assist. That's anyway. a that's the fourth time he's he's picked him out like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on a more interesting um note, uh Mason Greenwood's form has got me thinking the way these other teams are lacking strikers. He could actually he could actually be part of the starting eleven for Manchester City as a striker. Yeah, I agree. I think he can. Yeah. And for Liverpool. Because if, if it's Jurgen Klopp pressing Jurgen Press, Ooh. he would Bang so many goals at Liverpool, man. Oh, Salah, Greenwood, Salah, Mane. Mane. That's hot. That's hot. Even, even, hot. even, even, even just, just indulge me a little bit more, right? For Chelsea, if you have Lukaku 9 and then you have Mason Greenwood playing that. Instead of ZF, Timo Werner. Yeah, instead of that Werner position. The thing is, like with Chelsea, they create half chances, but that's all Mason Greenwood needs to be. Yeah, bro, we barely create chances as Manchester United. This kid has scored five goals already. Bro. <laughs> well, he's carrying you guys, bro. He is, bro. Even t- even posted, um, we go again, and some guy was quoting that that post and saying basically what Greenwood has said. Him, he's done his job. <laughs> All right, man. Listen, I don't even want to talk about Chelsea. I feel like they got lucky. Uh, Greenwood goals don't need VAR, bro. Yeah, yeah, they don't. They don't. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's see how it goes, man. With the Champions League tonight, it's gonna, it should be fun. I'm so and, sad, bro. Inside, and you man. know what? Should we have time on Thursday? We'd love to do a reaction to the Champions League games, man. Uh, we'll yeah, see. We'll see. Uh, it we depends. Can, we can do that, bro. All right, so thank you so much, guys, for uh, tuning in. Listen, don't forget to follow us on all our socials. It helps a lot. Don't forget to leave us a like or a comment or a rating uh, wherever you're listening to in terms of the platforms. And, uh, yeah, from from my end, uh, just sign off with saying have a great week ahead. And, yeah, name. Oh, uh, yeah, just to sign off, um, in regards to the channel, in regards to the podcast, uh, there's more stuff coming up in terms of content. Uh, we just got a few new renders for a new logo um, that's coming up soon so check us out on our socials man